0: previously on what if i told you what if i told you to stop asking for forgiveness all the scripture is saying is for us to be in the same mind as god about our sin
1: a bad confession would sound like this i'm a sinner (laughs) a bad confession would sound like this hey i'm always going to fail
0: wow the whole church has made this thing a system
1: yeah and what we've done We've made it into a system to receive forgiveness. When it was meant to be
0: a relational thing. That's it. And what makes it a system is us asking for forgiveness. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of What If I Told You. I hope you guys had an incredible week, and I hope you are ready for an incredible few minutes together as you listen to part two of What If I Told You to Stop Asking for Forgiveness with my friend, my mentor, my pastor, David Gomez. If you haven't heard part one, definitely go take a listen because a lot of what we talk about in this episode is based pretty purely on that foundation of what we talked about last week. But nonetheless, I'm so excited for you to hear part two today. We're talking about a lot, but specifically, we're talking about why I am imploring you, specifically, why I am imploring you to stop asking for forgiveness. And also, since I'm not supposed to ask for forgiveness now, what what do I do, right? Since I'm not asking forgiveness, what am I supposed to do now? We're talking about all of it today. So with that said, let's get right into it, man. Here's part two of what if I told you to stop asking for forgiveness. Like I said, it creates a really unhealthy spiritual life. And another thing that it does, it did to me, and another thing that it does to, dare I say, a large majority of the church Mm -hmm. is this like, like we said earlier, this is this idea is what we call an altar driver. This drives us down to the altar. If you need forgiveness, get down to this altar right now. That's right. If your relationship with God is not what it should be, if it's not the same, get down to this altar and make it right. Yeah. I dude, I heard that every week. Yeah. If your relationship with God isn't where it needs to be, hey, come on. And we say it in a loving way, right? Yep. If your relationship with God isn't where it needs to be, come on, <clears throat> get down to this altar. We say it with a really spiritual voice so it sounds really holy. <laughs> if you if you need forgiveness this morning, get down to this altar. Let's ask God for forgiveness. Let's get our life right. Let's get back on track. Let's turn from our old ways. Yeah. Oh, I'm yep. triggered. but <laughs> <laughs> You I'm just triggered. started sweating, sir. I'm sweating. But no, it, it's what it does. It constantly drives us to the altar, and it did to me. And it drives us to the altar in hopes that breakthrough would come this time. Yeah. This time. This time. Yeah, Because we always think, it's this time. Yeah. It's, it's funny how we think that every week, right? Yeah. It's this time. I'm going to get breakthrough this time because I'm really asking for forgiveness this time. And if something in our life doesn't change, if our behavior doesn't change after we've asked for forgiveness, we believe that we didn't really mean it. Yeah. And I heard that. Yeah. If you really mean it, your life's going to change. And so I believe that I didn't really. I believed that I didn't really mean it. And so it constantly drove me to the altar, and it constantly made me think, Oh, I hope breakthroughs going to happen this time. Yeah. And I lived years of my life, and I know there are people who are listening that. That lived a year, or that are living their life currently, Currently. with that thought process of, I I think breakthrough is going to happen this time. I think that I'm going to break free from my chains this time. I think I'm going to be able to finally live my leave my sin behind this time. Mm. Another thing it it did for me was um, it left constant feelings of condemnation and shame. Mm -hmm. Right? Think about it. If you and you can expound on this because if you believe that you have to ask for forgiveness there is a f- more foundational belief there and if you be- believe that you need to ask for forgiveness you believe that you are bad yeah and you need to make it right yeah and so even if it was um even if it was subliminally I was constantly being reminded that hey you're bad yeah you're not doing a good enough job and so you need to ask for yeah,
1: and, and, and like I said before, I mean, anytime that you do something wrong, your first question is going to be, what can I do to fix it, yeah. right? Because there's a there's something broken now in the relationship. The right question, I would say, and I would pose this, was, well, what has Jesus done to fix this? Because there's nothing that I can do to fix this. Yeah. There's no say way. Say it again. Yeah. The question is not, what can I do to fix this? The question is, well, what did Jesus do to fix this? Dang. And that
0: will always point you to the right answer that yeah. you need. Because, and this is something you say that's so key. There's nothing that you can do to fix this. Nothing. You know why? I'm not going to go there yet. We're going to get there in a second. <laughs> 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 I'm getting ahead of myself. That's so true. Yeah. That's so true. So um, I know that you didn't necessarily live your whole childhood in church. So I want to hear from you a little bit on how um this idea played into like the spiritual life that you lived. I know you talked about it a little bit, but mm-hmm. talk about a little bit more about like how this affected your relationship with God.
1: Yeah, you know, and and I was kind of like the guy who who was watching from the outside. Um my family members, um especially on my on my father's side, uh they go to church. Um and uh they were in it and especially i have cousins who served in church grew up in church uh me i was a little distant from it and 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 i would even say you know at, at when i was a kid uh, i'm not that bad you know i'm not right i'm not that bad do i really need to go to church um but i but i saw the effects of of what they were dealing with and um and it's crazy to me because when I was outside of the church, I didn't have any guilt or shame.
0: Mm.
1: Oh wow! Like
0: honestly, like so. When you were outside of the church, you felt less shame and guilt. Less
1: than did, shame it. and less guilt. And now you know
0: what? So many people. Yeah. Say the same thing.
1: Yeah, but but I would say this: it, it wasn't that I didn't know I was doing wrong. I knew yeah. I was doing wrong. Yeah. But no one was pointing to me as far as guilt and shame. Somehow, some way, I just knew God still loved me. Even though I was not attending a regular church service, I was not serving, I wasn't reading my Bible. Like I still knew that God loved me. Here's why I believe that each, each and every single one of us have an innate um, sense from God that we are loved by him. Mm -hmm. Now, Sometimes that gets hazy and sometimes that gets faded by what we surround ourselves with. But I saw plenty of family members just quit church or get divorced or, you know, take, make a wrong decision in their life, you know, and they were supposed to be the, uh, the ones that we were, we were supposed to look at. Mm -hmm. And and here I am watching this and I'm like, man, why would I want to go back? Dang. If, 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 if what I'm watching is not what I even want to be, you look stressed out. You look anxious. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> and so for me, I, I would say this, what caught me was, was, was understanding that m- the love of God, though for me, I, I, maybe I wouldn't have found it in God's word at that time because my head was somewhere else. I found it in the people of God and that's wow. what changed my whole
0: paradigm. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think it's so interesting um, that even though you were out of church, you still knew that God loved you. And that's, that's so cool. Um, because ironically enough, I was in the church and I probably knew it less than wow. you did outside of the church. And I relate that to, and I'm not going to get into this cause this is a really deep story, but I relate that to the prodigal son. Mm. Because if you know the story of the prodigal son, I'm, like I said, I'm not going to get into it, but, um, as far as the details, but there were two sons. Yeah, there was. <laughs> there was the one that ran away, and there was the one that was in the house. Yeah, and ultimately, the one that ran away was the one that ended up fully receiving the father's love. Yeah, and it wasn't because he did anything to deserve it. It was because it was who the father was. Wow. And I hope you see the parallel there that that uh, with God. But wow. there was another brother. Yeah, and he was in the house, and I that was me. Wow. And I think that's so many people right now. There, there was another brother that was in the house that was working, that was doing all the right things, saying all the right things, leading all the right teams, <laughs> doing all the right work, yeah. but he didn't know the Father. Mm-hmm. And that was me. I was in the house. I was serving in the ministry. I was doing the right things. I wasn't cussing. I wasn't smoking. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't, have, I wasn't having sex. Yeah, But I didn't know the Father. Wow.
1: And isn't that the Father's goal anyway? Just he wants you to know that he loves
0: you, that's it. whether you're in the house or out and of the house. And that's important to know because that is knowing the Father. That's it. We, we overcomplicate that so much, but knowing the Father is to simply know that he loves you. That's it. Oh, that's dude, it. that's so good. Knowing the Father, knowing God, yep. right? Knowing God is simply to know his love for you. That's it. Oh, my God.
1: You know what's crazy about this? Like, I I remember, because I came in with a grace experience, Mm. and and whenever I... I And when I'm first years in ministry, whenever I would preach on God's love, it's, I felt like that message was so much more powerful than (laughs) all the other messages. Yeah. And so back then I didn't understand. Like I said to myself, what if my niche, right? We always want to have a niche. It's niche. Yeah. Niche.
0: Sorry. What what if my niche niche and it's not gif, it's jif, but it's fine. (laughs) Let's move on. (laughs) What if my
1: niche, right? Is God's love. What if I can corner that market? Yeah, (laughs) like (laughs) like it's a market. Yeah, what if what if I'm that that preacher that like man he's so good at preaching at God's love, not realizing that God's love is all we're supposed to preach. That's all we're supposed to (laughs) preach,
0: and that's something that we say all the time, right? We're you and you and I we're we're grace guys and we're Jesus guys, and and we hear all the time, man, what a what a good thing to speak about. Yeah, man, I you know. Um, what a good topic, what a good sermon series. And I think it's important to know, and this is something that we say at our church yeah. all the time. Grace, this grace message is not a sermon series. It's not a topic. It's not an idea. It's not a doctrine. Oh, it's a person. person. And this is the only thing that we preach. But um, So I'll, I'll, I'll say a couple more things that um, that this kind of led, the idea of asking for forgiveness led to in my life. One of those things was, and I say this because I feel like this is going to relate to some people. Um, it led to fear, realistically. Mm. And I was in fear that despite my best effort, despite my best effort, and it was my best effort to stay forgiven, right? It wasn't my yeah. best effort to do anything other than that. I just wanted to stay forgiven. Yeah. Despite my best effort to stay forgiven, I was in fear that I was still wouldn't be accepted and that I mm. wouldn't be enough. At the, at the end of the day, I wouldn't be enough and I wouldn't be accepted. And that was a really real, real fear of mine. Um, and it also, it created the... Oh, here's another one. <laughs> this is just a funny one, but I always believed that I couldn't keep up with my sin. Mm. Right? Like in the sense of, in other words, I always believed that my sin was outrunning my ability to ask for forgiveness. Wow. My list was growing longer and longer while my ability to (laughs) ask for forgiveness for each of those sins grew shorter and shorter. Right. I was being outrun by my sin, but it also created in it. And all this kind of leads up to having this attitude of kind of a beggar. Mm. Think of it in the terms of like, you see a beggar on the street. Hey, can I have, you know, can I have some money? Hmm. I'm really running low.
1: instead you're asking, yo, can I get some forgiveness? Right. Can I
0: get some forgiveness, God? Hey, God, give me some forgiveness, dog. Yeah. Don't you pass know? by me again, God. <laughs> Wait, can 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 I get just a couple of cents? Can <laughs> you got a couple of bucks, yeah. God? A couple of forgiveness for a couple of sins. Yeah. And it leads to that mentality, and it's really toxic because it's not true. Yeah. And 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 here's where this gets good. Yep. Because they like I said y'all i just slammed my book down because it's time to stop asking for forgiveness yeah and here's why you ready for this this is where this gets good it's time to stop asking for forgiveness because you've already been forgiven and in order to live free hear me again if you've snapped out of it snap back in if you in order to live free as a believer you need it is not a, a you should it is a you need to realize that you have been forgiven. It is a past tense thing. You've already, already, already been forgiven.
1: That's so good. That we've been, already we've been forgiven. And now you know what that does? That freezes up to live. Yeah. And to, to rejoice Dang. in the good things. And even if there are bad bad circumstances it doesn't mean that you cause this upon yourself it's just guess
0: what you get to live continue to live yeah from god's place of forgiveness 100 percent. and i think it's important too to note that um i think i think a lot of christians on the service level will say that yeah if christ forgave me yeah but we don't believe it because we still ask for it right and we believe and i believed that yeah christ died for me and he to for, he cried he died to forgive me but like asking for forgiveness it we believe that it kind of activates it right right we got to activate it in our lives right which is not true no there's no scriptural context for that thought none and and for like i said there's one piece of scripture first john 1 9 that people use to beat the idea of asking for forgiveness into you and it's so interesting because there's a there's a unique paradox to that where all throughout the new testament all throughout the New Testament, there is scripture talking about how forgiven we already are. Yeah. I'm going to read a couple of them. Go ahead. One of them is really interesting because, like I said, 1 John 1, 9 is where we find that verse. Mm-hmm. 1 John chapter 2, verse 12 says this. This is the, the writer speaking. I am writing to you, little children. Why? Why am I writing to you? Because your sins have been forgiven in Jesus.
1: Mm.
0: It's not a... They will be forgiven if you ask. Right. Your sins can be forgiven. Oh, yeah. that's a that's a big one. We believe that God can, not that He has. Yeah. <laughs> Your sins have been past tense forgiven yeah. in Christ.
1: Yeah. And, and and here's another one right here, Ephesians one seven. Right. Yeah. Ephesians one seven says, "In Him we have redemption through His blood, meaning the forgiveness of sins Dang. in accordance of His richness." In God's grace. Goodness gracious! I mean, it, it, it's 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 everywhere in the New Testament. Yeah. But really, what you should see it as. And some of us are gonna. Some some people are gonna hear this and they're gonna say, "Whoa, that that that's a threat. Mm. Like that's that's threatening because now you're just allowing people to do whatever. No, actually, it isn't. It's actually a a a, a, a an actually a key to our freedom. Mm-hmm. It's as if God wanted to set us up for success and says, "I'm going to squash this whole thing, and now you live free from the guilt and the shame." Now you, we let's be honest, we may have, we may, we may feel condemned mm-hmm. ourselves, right? We put that condemnation we, on ourselves.
0: That's so key. We put God does not put ourselves. that condemnation on you. No, it's you, not. we put it on ourselves. Right.
1: My conscience will tell me. That I did something wrong. Exactly. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's probably that's another episode. That's but, a whole other episode. But but understand that when God did it, he did it completely. God didn't do a half job. Yeah. He did a complete job. And I love that because now it's as if God has set us up for success in this life.
0: Dang. So good. Because God has forgiven you. Because he's forgiven you. He set you, it you up for, for a good life. Colossians 3.13 says this. Yeah forgive as god has forgiven you wow. past tense forgiven you this is such a paradox between because in the old covenant yeah. the the mosaic covenant that we used to live in as humanity the law said forgive so your father in heaven will forgive you and a lot of people use that even because you know who says that jesus <laughs> yeah. jesus says if you don't forgive others your father in heaven will not forgive you. Right, but it's really important to know, and this is come comes back to to, to scripture. And again, this is probably a whole another episode in itself. <laughs> but Jesus was not speaking to new covenant believers in that moment. Right, he was speaking to a really specific audience, an audience who lived under the law. Yeah. And in the in the context of when Jesus Christ Himself said those words, "If you do not forgive others, your father in heaven will not forgive you." When he said those words he was speaking to an audience that was asking about the law yeah there and jesus is saying this is what the law says yeah but now colossians 3 13 which is written after jesus died and was resurrected for you and as you um it says this forgive as your father in heaven has forgiven past tense you come on there's so many of them second corinthians Five seventeen says this: If any man is in Christ, he is a what? He is a new creation. Old things passed away; behold, new things have come. Hey, that's a good confession, right there. That's a good confession. Yeah. If if anyone is in Christ, if replace these words with "I," right? Yeah. If I am in Christ, I am. Yeah. I'm a believer. Yeah. If you are a believer, the old thing has passed away. Old thing. Old, and this is not just talking about your sin. First of all, right? There is a there was an old you. Yeah. And the old you is gone and the new you has come. That's right. So good. Colossians 1.14 says this. In Jesus Christ, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Mm. We currently have it. And this leads, and there's so many other scriptures, right? You can look these up on your own. Psalm 103, 10 through 14 is a scripture, if you're you're familiar with it, that says that uh, God separated our sins from the East, as far as the East is from the West. Um, Ephesians 4.32, I think you said that. Maybe, I don't know. Ephesians 4.32, Ephesians 1.7, I think that was the one you read. And then Hebrews 10.14, we talked about that earlier. All these scriptures talk about how we have been past tense forgiven, but this one leads to what I want to talk about. Colossians 1.14, in whom we have... Redemption, this is talking about Jesus, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You already have it. You have it. And this is what I want to say. And if you don't get anything out of this episode, I want you to get this. So listen closely, please. For the love of everything, listen closely. (laughs) Stop asking God for something he already gave you. Don't quit asking God for something he already gave you. And, I'll, I'll, and this translates to a lot of other things other than forgiveness, but I'll just put it in the context of forgiveness. Quit asking God for forgiveness because he's already given it to you. It's not something you have to activate. It's not something you have to do to receive. It's not something you have to do to earn. It is something that is simply given to you and it's activated when you believe it, not when you ask for it. Right. And man, you said that, and that is so
1: powerful. And and when it comes to sin, isn't it crazy that we think that sin is greater than God's grace? So therefore, like God wow. can't cover or really eradicate what what sin is, right? Yeah. But understanding that that what you just read has been done, mm-hmm. it has been done. Right? It's complete. It's fulfilled. Right? Right. How freeing is that? Mm. So, what what do I do next? Well, because some people are maybe asking, like, well, what do we do next? Yeah. If all this life is forged and God already completed, what do we do next? Hey, how about learning how to receive it? Mm. How about learning how to receive it and build your life on that that forgiveness that God gave you? Build your life. Now go and build your life. Dang. Here's what's going to happen is is for, for, for those of us that maybe have felt guilty or condemned or... or this is free in you, so therefore you can go and just you you can start continue to build your life trusting in jesus and 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 continue to live free and not worried about your next step or your next move man how freeing is that? it's an amazingly free that's so free yeah
0: that's so true and i and i want to put this in the um i want i wanna use a small illustration that really helped me learn this yeah the idea of. Dude, what you, oh my gosh, dude, what you just said is so good. I hope they get that. <laughs> um, but I want to use this little illustration that um, I heard when I first learned about this concept of not asking for forgiveness. And um, this is something my my lead pastor taught. Okay. I know you can't see us um, if you're listening on, on podcast platform. If you can see us on the camera, hi. Um, but I have my Bible in my hand. Okay. So. Here's my Bible. Okay, David now has my Bible. David, will you give me my Bible? Thank you. He gave me my Bible. This is what we do. David, will you give me my Bible? Uh, now, uh, uh, David, please, 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 just give me my Bible. Please, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Hey, listen, I, This, I, I promise I won't give it back next time. I won't give it to you next time. Just please hand me my Bible. (laughs) What If I said that to you right now, my Bible is in my hand, what would you say to me? I already gave it to you. Oh, my gosh. It's yours. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) It's not, not only did you give it to me, it's now my Bible. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And we do that all the time. God, forgive me. Yeah. Will you give me forgiveness, Father? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Forgive me, Father. Yeah. Forgive me give me your forgiveness give me your forgiveness Jesus I'm so sorry yeah and and if you didn't catch it I won't I won't do it again I promise this time I won't do it again just forgive me Jesus what do you what what do we believe that God is saying in heaven right. what he's looking down on me as I'm asking for forgiveness begging me yeah to understand that what he's saying back to me is I already gave it to you it's yours it's yours yeah It's not just as this Bible is now mine. Yeah. Forgiveness is now yours. Yeah. And God is sitting here wondering, like, what are you asking me for? I already gave it to you. Yeah. And that's such a powerful thing because when you realize that forgiveness is already yours, it frees you from the pressure—the unscriptural pressure mm. of having to ask and ask and ask and ask and ask and ask and ask for something you already have. So, what does confession look like? Yes. Yeah, so, here's what I want to point out. What do so? What do we do now, right? Yeah. So, Jaron, David, I, if I don't have to ask for forgiveness, what do I do now? Because I think a lot of people probably sitting in their in their cars right now, in their living rooms, and they're shaking their heads and they're. Getting ready to call me a heretic because they say, Hey, Jaron, don't you forget. Yep. David, don't you forget. Scripture tells us over and over to repent. Yeah, And it does. Yes, the Bible does say to repent, right? It does. It's really clear about that. It says it over and over. And what we attribute to repentance is in the church is ask for forgiveness, yeah. right? Ask for forgiveness. But I, I'm, not only do I think I know that as the church we have a wrong idea of what repentance is you know and and that's interesting you say that because repentance
1: before we understood of of god's forgiving or forgiving us right right um we understood repentance as a moment on sunday morning yeah where we were driven to the front so that we can feel remorse
0: yeah, it was always a feeling bad. Yeah,
1: and, and the more remorseful that I felt, mm. the more forgiven I was. Right. Right, so I'd leave crying mm-hmm. sometimes, but what if I couldn't cry that moment? Then you didn't mean it. <laughs> and then I didn't mean it.
0: <laughs> but I love it because repent, if you tie it back to the original language, right? Again, but, we're going back to where the New Testament, or what language the New Testament was actually written in. That's it was right. written in Greek. And and catch this, because he's going to say, the word repentance. Change your thinking. That's what it means. Change your thinking from a cursed mentality to now a blessed mentality. That's so crazy. The original Greek word for repent means simply change your mind. And here's why. Here's why that's so powerful. Because God does
1: not need your permission or even your repentance to forgive you. Dang. Dang. He does not need your permission he doesn't need your permission he already did it (laughs) now where we come into play is now we get to receive it
0: we're agreeing
1: going back to your to how you started this your confession we're agreeing agreeing
0: with what he believes with what he believes dang we're changing our mind and you know what like you said earlier this is this thing is not a system it's not a system of, hey, here's how you repent. You ask for forgiveness. You know, God, please forgive me and my sin. Help me to stay away from it. Right? It, it, it's, not, um, it's not that. It is simply a change of mind. That's it. And, you
1: know, that causes... Really, really that should drive us to repent all day. We repent all day. We now. repent all
0: day. Hey, listen. Yeah. We, if, if repentance really means to change your mind... Whoever is listening to this podcast, I'm talking to you. You are repenting. That's right. You're changing your mind. Yeah. Anytime. I mean, think about it, right? You. So think about it in the context of when when I commit a sin, right? When I do something wrong, I'll put it that way because sin is such a weird word. <laughs> when I do something wrong, instead of me thinking, oh my gosh, I messed up. Oh man, I messed up. I need, I need to do better. I need yeah. to do better. I need to do better. No, that's a bad confession, right? What we talked about earlier. That's yeah. not what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that changing your mind is changing your mind to think, oh, I'm a bad person. I need to do better. Yeah. Saying to yourself, I need to do better is not changing your mind. No. That, that That's a bad confession. Straight up. Changing your mind looks like this. I do something bad. Man, that's not who I am. There it is. That's not me. That's yeah. not That's not the identity that I have in Christ. Yeah. I changed my mind. Change your mind. I changed my mind. You
1: know what I've been learning from this form of repentance, right? Is that my maturity, my growing in God's grace looks like this. I trust God with
0: my identity before I even worry about the outcomes of the world. Oh, that's so true. Because that's foundation. Your identity in Jesus is your foundation. And so you trust Jesus with your identity that's, that's a whole learning process on its own. That's something that I had to go through when I yeah. came into this, when I came out of religion. I had to go through a process of trusting Jesus with who I am. Because really, when Paul says that this is the spiritual battle is the battle of what? It's the battle of the mind. Yeah. Renewing your mind, right? Changing your mind. Mm. And it's a constant renewing your mind of who Jesus made you to be. That's the, that's the fight for me. Is is whether or not I truly believe that I am who God says I am. That's it. And that's so that's so true. Dang. That's so good. So you are you are convinced by God of who you are way before you're convinced to change any sort of behavior. That's it. Because like I said last week, and you say this to and I get and I got this from him, y'all. I stole this from my pastor. You say this to me all the time. Behavior follows what? identity identity you act as the way you believe yeah if i believe i'm a sinner guess what i'm gonna act like a sinner (laughs) yeah but if i'm if i believe i'm forgiven and i believe that i'm whole and i believe that i'm righteous and i believe that i'm holy guess how i'm gonna act yeah i'm I'm gonna act in those ways holy righteous holy righteous when god said be holy as i am holy he's not it's not an instruction He's no. not, it's not a demand. No. It's simply a, just be who you are. Yeah. Right. And it's so, it's so key to know that not only do we not ask for what we, we don't ask for what we already have.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And because of that, what does repenting look like for us now? Okay. So we don't, so we, so there may be people who are out there thinking, okay, so I don't ask for forgiveness. Right. So then what do I do? Yeah. And here, and you, you, you nodded to this earlier and i'll re um restate this because it's so true and this is what we do you and and when i say we i mean you and me yeah like jaron and david we do this right now i don't ask for forgiveness yo i haven't asked for forgiveness in like four and a half years we've thanked him for forgiveness i thank him because here's the thing and you say this to me all the time and again i got this from you i'm gonna steal your content okay (laughs) the greatest statement of faith anyone can make and I'm speaking to you who's listening to this the great the greatest statement of faith that you can make is thank you because that indicates what that you truly believe it yeah yeah and you're willing to receive it, and that you're willing to receive it the greatest statement of faith that I can make is thank you so what is repenting now look like for me it looks like changing my mind, right? Changing my mind from, um, from doing something wrong to no, this is who I am. I'm going to, I'm going to change my mind to believe what God believes about me. Homo logos. Yeah. Believe what God believes about me. And so what does repenting look like now for me? Thank you, Jesus, that I'm forgiven.
1: Thank you, Jesus.
0: Thank you, Jesus, that you created in me a new heart. Thank you, Jesus, that I am no longer that person. And and I think this is a good point to point out that if you sin, does that mean you're a sinner? No. Because you're learning how to walk in this. This is a journey, right? You're you're trusting God with your identity each and every day. Each and every day. And and Scripture says that we live, and I'm going to go a little bit deep here, but I think it fits. Scripture says that we live in perfect union with God. In other words, it's a union, a marriage, and it's not to say that we're married in a physical sense to god but but we live in complete union with god and and anyone who's married if you're married you understand that after the wedding day you were not a perfect husband you are not a perfect wife you have to learn how to be married yeah and that's exactly what we do so if you are if you commit a sin if you do something wrong does that mean you're a sinner no right just as if if you do something wrong as a husband does that mean you're divorced no it just means that you're learning how to be married. Yeah. And as a believer, you're learning how to act out who you are. That's right. And that's 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 the way we live now. Yeah, right. I thank God for forgiving me, and I learn every day to trust in who I am. And I learn every day, and my eyes are open more and more each day to walk out who Christ has made me to be. So good. That's so good. So good. That's so good. So instead of asking God for forgiveness... David, re- reiterate, what do we do?
1: Instead of asking God for forgiveness, we make a good confession. It's a good confession. And we repent, change our thinking,
0: Yeah, trust God with our identity. Dang, that's so good. And, and I, uh, I want to reiterate one more thing, okay? I want to reiterate what you just said because this is not a system. This is a relational act. And here's why this is not a system that we have in place that this is a specific prayer we pray right this is this is not that it is a simple change of mind and this is not reserved for an altar this is not reserved for a camp setting you don't have to be in a specific scenario to do this we do this constantly yeah the moment and this is not just oh man this is so good and this affects right now yeah the this the state of the world that we're living in yeah this does not just apply to sin. No, All repenting. Areas. Repenting does not solely apply to the area of sin. Yeah. We do this today, right? You said you said this to me yesterday. I repent of worry. Yeah, I repent of stress. Yeah, and it's not saying I'm I feel bad for it. No, there. Those are very real emotions, and it's important to recognize them for what they are. But. I repent. I change my mind. It's a coming back to who I really am. That's right. So especially in the state of the world that we are in right now, it's important. A lot of us are feeling stressed about finances. A lot of us are feeling stressed. This does not just apply to sin. This yeah. applies to every area of our life. And repenting stems to every area of what we do. And so as I'm stressed, I repent. Man, God, you don't give me a spirit of fear.
1: Yeah. You give me a spirit of power, love. Sound thinking, sound thinking.
0: Wow, sound thinking thinking that lines up with heaven thinking that lines up with heaven because the and, and here's the thing when the moment that your' thinking lines up with what God already believes about you, that's where you find freedom. It's not at the altar. it's not in a spiritual high. It's not on a quote unquote mountaintop experience. It's the moment when you truly believe what God believes about you. And that's the fact that you're righteous, you're already righteous, you're already holy, you're already forgiven and fully forgiven, fully forgiven. Scripture says that, oh, this is so good. Scripture says that Jesus died once, say it. And for all. For all time.
1: (laughs) For all time. And he's not going to come back and do it again because on his end, forgiveness is a done deal. Forgiveness is
0: a done deal. It's done. he ain't gonna do that again (laughs) Yeah, there's no more sacrifices (laughs) for sin no there's no more and so I think oh man man I keep wanting to end this but it just keeps (laughs) going asking for forgiveness to me Mm -hmm. looks like the same as the old covenant sacrifices it's a sacrifice it's it it's the same thing as the people in the old covenant bringing their sacrifice to the priest, saying, "This is my, this is what I offer for for my sin." Yeah. It's the same thing as we do, me asking for forgiveness. This is my sacrifice. This is what I'm bringing to the table.
1: Hmm.
0: We're not supposed to do that. Nowhere in Scripture does it say, in context, to ask for forgiveness. But Scripture says that as a believer. We are to live in a state of thanksgiving. Mm. Continually give thanks. Continually give thanks, and that's what we do. That's the that's the place we rest.
1: Is it? I mean, in Psalms it says, "Enter his gates with thanksgiving." Yeah. <laughs> enter his gates with thanksgiving every day when I wake up. Listen, I'm i am I'm gonna I'm gonna enter his gates with thanksgiving. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna give praise why Dang. because he completed he, he he completed uh what needed to be done so that i can be forgiven i mean that's that's it you give praise
0: <laughs> enter his courts with thanksgiving or enter his gates with thanksgiving yeah. enter his courts with praise we believe hey and i said it earlier The the, the road is narrow the gate is narrow yeah few make it through My, might i offer the idea that's because few truly believe that what jesus did was enough and let that be you, man, yes. because this produces a life that is free, a life that is free from the pressure of having to keep up. This is another way that I felt like I had to keep my end of the deal. Right. This is a this is a part of the do it yourself system. Anything that you have to do with this. Is a do-it-yourself system. And this is part of it. I had to ask for forgiveness. That's me playing a part in the equation that Jesus bled and he died to take me out of. Yeah. And so don't live in that equation anymore. You don't have to ask for forgiveness. In fact, you shouldn't ask for forgiveness. Instead, we can simply say thank you. And I want to say one more thing before we go. Actually, I'm going to say two things really quickly. There are pieces of scripture that say confess your sins to one another yeah but I think it's really important to note that in context those are not what we use them for we also use those to say that we need to confess our sins and ask for forgiveness and and but those scriptures are are really the Bible deals with interpersonal relationships yes and there is a different and I'm gonna let you talk about this for a sec there is a difference between what we call vertical righteousness yeah. and horizontal righteousness talk about it
1: yeah you know we we've heard this from our lead pastor and and he's described this to us that there is a vertical righteousness and that is, you know, us receiving God's righteousness and nothing can change that. Yeah. Which is good news. Nothing can change. Nothing. That. But then there's horizontal righteousness, which that's my good works towards my neighbors, towards yeah. my spouse, uh, my fellow brother. Um, you know, God doesn't need our good works, but our neighbors do. My wife does. Yeah. My wife needs my good works. Right. My, my friends need my good works. And so there's sometimes where, guess what? We're going to hurt people by our actions and our decisions. Right. And this is why the Bible makes it, especially, you know, what you're talking about in James, it's talking about, you know, um, forgive one another yeah. in the context of human relationships. Right. And, and so I think it's important for us to know that there is a difference between yes. the two because uh, in God's eyes, the the what needed to be forgiven has been forgiven so 100%. we can walk. Uh, righteously and holy. But when it comes to us here on earth, man to man, you know, brother to brother, there's some things that I'm going to ask for forgiveness for. Yeah. And so I'm going to go ahead and ask you forgiveness because I am going to rep Jordan to the day I die.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're not ever going to be forgiven for that. I want you to know that God, God, God may forgive you, but I don't. <laughs> um, but no, that's so, so true because oftentimes we attribute our relationships with, and I talked about this last week, yeah. oftentimes we, we attribute our relationships with other people onto our relationship with God. And yeah. it's not the same. Yeah. We there, it's part of a healthy relationship to ask for forgiveness, yeah. right? If I do you wrong, it's right for me to ask you for forgiveness. Um, because that's not something that's guaranteed from you. Um, and it's right if you do something wrong to me for you to seek forgiveness from me. Um, and it's important for me to forgive you. Right. Yeah. Um, but, that's so key to know that vertical righteousness, righteousness between, or my vertical relationship, I'll put it this yeah. way, a vertical relationship, which is my relationship with God, does not change. Done deal. Done deal. Does not change. It is not wavering. It did not, No matter what I do, I didn't do anything to get into it, and I can't do anything to get out of yeah. it. Okay. But... I think it's so important that we talk about the fact that that is set in stone but our horizontal relationships or relationships with each other there is forgiveness to be sought in those scenarios and that is 100 percent healthy um, but it is not healthy to ask god for something he already gave you yeah. and i know that this may seem like um just splitting hairs right like it's a it's a just matter of semantics is yeah. something that we say it's a matter of linguistic details but it's not This is not just splitting hairs. This is a paradigm shift of the mind. Mm. And we as preachers, I mean, and a lot of preachers say that, right? You're just splitting hairs. I've heard that myself. People have literally said that to me. You're just splitting hairs, man. Relax. Like you're just like sweating the details, but it's not the details. It is the paradigm shift. And as preachers, we say that life rests or life and death are in the power of what the tongue, tongue. our words, Mm -hmm. the things that we say. And especially when it comes to our relationship with God, the things that we say matter. Yeah. And if you're, and if you're sitting here offering bad confessions, I'm a sinner, I just need to do better. Those words create death. Yeah. But what words create life? It's good confessions. Yeah. God has forgiven me. That's not who I am. God calls me righteous. I'm going to live out of that place. That's a good confession, and that's a good place to be. So, y'all, this is not splitting hairs. This is not sweating the details. This is a paradigm shift that will completely change the way you live in relationship to God. Because, like I said, I haven't asked for forgiveness in like four and a half years, Mm -hmm. and I feel more free from sin right now than I ever have in my entire life.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely right. And and it almost as our you know pastor says that we now we 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 sense and we feel like we reign above it rather right. than it ruling Reigning us. over
0: us exactly. We don't let sin reign over us. We reign over it yeah. in this life. That's so good, Pastor David. Thank you so much for being with um, me today and our people. Um, I'm gonna say something that I wrote at the very bottom of my notes after um, after I wrote these words. Right, I said words create life and death. So y'all create life by the words that you say. Create life by way of thanksgiving. Thank him. Don't bake him. And you know what I wrote at the very bottom? Shaba! <laughs>
1: I'm for speaking those, in tongues, for, man. Those, for those that don't know what that means, that simply is holy heaven.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, man, that's so good. I grew up Pentecostal, so I got to give him a little Shaba shout. <laughs> But man that's so good pastor david thank you for being on the podcast today thank you for offering some insight into this topic because this is something that um that changed my life truly this idea of just thanking him for what i already have rather than begging him for something that he already gave me um completely changed my life so thank you for um offering some insight into that for our listeners really quickly where can people find you you're big time now you're on a podcast so where wow. can people find you well wow Come on. You can find me on
1: Instagram and uh, follow me at D Gomez underscore. I'm going to say it again because it just confused some of y'all. At D Gomez underscore.
0: D-G-O-M. Yeah. I almost said me. D-G-O-M-E-Z. That's right. Underscore. That's right. And I prefer
1: to stick to Instagram, no Facebook. Don't add them on Facebook. So find me on IG (laughs) and
0: let's connect. Let's have fun. Yes, and you and Pastor David is also um, he is the campus pastor of um, Calvary Church North Fort Worth um, here in Fort Worth, Texas. Was up Fort Worth, Funky Town, Uh, Funky Town, Cow Town, baby, Um, and so. Um, I want you to also tell them where they can find you as part of Calvary because that is a huge part of what we do. Absolutely. I mean, we right
1: now, obviously, we're in quarantine, so you can't necessarily make a trip out to us. But um, you can see us. um, You can go through our website, calvarychurch.cc. We have several locations in the DFW1 out of state in North Carolina. Several things that we have going on, man. Gospel Circle is one of them that our lead pastor has kind of uh, pioneered in this and yeah. that's that that right there in and of itself uh, gospel circle is incredible we hope that uh, this makes you curious and <laughs> you 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 join us uh yeah. in one real soon but that's where you can find us calvarychurch.cc yeah. look us up
0: yeah absolutely and then um also our calvary church's youtube yeah. And I didn't plan to make this shameless plug. Um, this is not a Calvary Church podcast, <laughs> but um, I love my church, and so I'm going to plug it. But anyway, hey, Pastor David, thank you for being here. Thank you guys for listening. Um, do me a favor, rate the podcast, leave a review. I know this episode was longer today. I'm not going to apologize because it was needed and it was necessary. Um, but I promise the rest of these are not going to be this long. Um, but I felt that it was necessary to go this long today. So thank you so much for tuning in. Um, rate it, review, like it, share it with your friends um, so they can hear some good news as well and live in freedom with you. Guys, thank you so much. I love you. Stay safe in quarantine. Have some Chick-fil-A. And lastly, LeBron's the goat. (laughs) Bye-bye.